What's up? What's up, guys? It's your girl, Asia Abston. We are back with another episode of the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast. That was Roses by my boy, St. John. Um, Obviously, that was a remix. I fuck with St. John heavy. I got put on to him. Lenny Kravitz record, Borders, which I opened one episode with, maybe like episode 30. Um, I didn't even know that this was a St. John record. I had just been bopping to it super, super hard because it makes me think of Vegas, pool parties, like at the Cosmo. One of my favorite things to do in life is to rage at pool parties in Vegas, in Ibiza. Like I miss that shit. And the way the Rona is set up, honey, I don't know when or if, that is ever coming back. I know it's open, but, um, you know, I'm good. I'm not interested in tempting my fate that way. So that was just a little taste of it for you guys. If you are missing that Vegas lifestyle too. So today I have an interview with Gia Harris, AKA Gia, the house goddess. Um, and that is what she is. She is a rock star entrepreneur out of Atlanta, She specializes in fixing and flipping, buying and holding, wholesaling real estate. Um, She's an investor and she knows what she's talking about. She really is an expert and it was important to me to feature uh, women entrepreneurs on the show always and, and give us a platform to spread our expertise and our knowledge and make it easier for the next sister to come behind us. So we recorded this about two weeks ago. Uh, So let's just jump into the show. Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast. I am joined today by a very special guest, Gia Harris, a.k.a. Gia, the house goddess, real estate investor, entrepreneur, coach, uh, rock star, mom, black excellence connoisseur. Welcome, Gia. Thank you for that introduction. Thanks for having me. It's all 100% true. You know, I was excited to have you on the show, like, for a long time because I was looking to grow my portfolio and there are so many real estate gurus out, right? But I wanted to find someone who looked like me and that's how I found you via Instagram. And I was like, oh, well, if I'm going to listen to anybody, I'm going to listen to another sister because we have different perspectives and different interests and it matters who you get your information from. That's true. Cause you know, we're going to share the same struggles, the same, you know, want same desires, but definitely the same struggles. And that's where, you know, that common ground comes in play. I agree a hundred percent. So will you give me a little bit of background on you and how you jumped into real estate? Um, so I guess from a very early age, like I always knew, um, I wanted to get into real estate really like at 16. And, um, I just knew in my mind, I had a hunch, like, the, the easiest legal way to make money, lump sums of money to me was flipping houses, you know? Um, so basically from there, I started my journey off as an appraiser, a real estate appraiser, because of course I didn't have the money. I didn't know how to get in the game. So I was like, okay, one of my friends was an investor slash appraiser. So I started appraising houses in New York City, um, wanted to buy one, but the prices are crazy. So that wasn't really realistic. Um, started appraising. I was working my nine to five job. I was at like Mercedes Benz selling cars and bored as hell. I'm like looking at <laughs> houses. I'm like, 
I need to buy a house. But of course, I couldn't do it in New York. Two families I was looking at. I was like, maybe I could live in one, rent out the other. But the mortgage is like astronomical on a $900,000 multifamily. God forbid someone doesn't pay their rent. My mortgage ain't getting paid. It takes forever to evict someone out of, you know, housing in New York City. So it just wasn't realistic. And I didn't have the financial to do so. So started looking at like other areas that where property was really cheap, you know, where I knew people at. And Atlanta just happened to be one of those areas. <laughs> yeah, sorry, the background is crazy. We got people is not quarantined out here. I live on the strip. It's all kind of stuff. If I, if I was to show you what outside <laughs> like off the balcony right now, you'd be like, okay. Really? Y'all got to forgive us. Gia is, she lives in the A. Atlanta is wild and out of control. They don't care that we are podcasting. So y'all have got to bear with us. But the message is important. So and you got the super the mic. You got the mic on steroids. I do. So. I have the best <laughs> mic of all time. It can hear people way in Marietta, girl. So <laughs> go ahead. We're going to carry on back to you. Okay. people want to know. I mean, but what 16-year-old looks at real estate and says, I want to jump into real estate? That is wild. Girl, I was a hustler from early, so we ain't going to go there. But yeah, I started off really early just I with entrepreneurship and just, um, just they, you know, New York, we grow up fast. So just basically wanting my own, being independent, um, just coming from that upbringing too so is that what made you move to georgia to find like better real estate opportunities yeah definitely so um started looking noticed i had a few people that i knew in georgia and i started going back and forth seeing i saw all these cheap houses i'm like oh my god i was like a kid in a candy store because i'm seeing houses for a hundred thousand i'm like shoot we could buy 10 of these for the price of you know one, one in new york right exactly so started uh Bought my first property. Ended up, actually, I started off buying property for, well, helping others buy property. Like, I had, like, my aunt and her friend. They wanted to buy some property in Atlanta because New York was too crazy. So I started helping them. Got a crew together. Started fixing them for them. Turnkey. At that time, this is when, like, um, you can freaking, you could get a home value. You could get a home equity line of credit and know, you could know how much the bank would approve you online. Beforehand. Yeah, beforehand. So I'm looking online, like, okay, what kind of line of credit they gonna give us? I'm typing in the address. It'll show you like what they value the property at. Mm -hmm. So at that point, you know, okay, if they're valuing the property at a hundred thousand, and you can get the house for fifty thousand, you automatically know you got a fifty thousand dollar home equity line of credit that you can pull. Mm -hmm. So that was gangster. I wish they had that now. Shoot. But, but you know why they took it away. Right. <laughs> Girl, during them times, it's, please. Life was good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so then I started, once I got them straight, started making, my, made a few dollars off of that. Then I was able to leverage and buy my own property, um, investment property in Atlanta. I really didn't know what I was doing. I was just excited to get into business. I didn't really know the areas too tough, you know, the values, you know, I was still new, you know. So, and at this time, the market had crashed right after, like literally right after I had bought um, some of these areas, bought a little bit too high, mm -hmm. um, market crashed. This was a time where people was just not paying rent. I didn't have Section 8 at that time. So it was like, I lost my job. What you want me to do? Right. So it was, yeah. How it, did you survive the market crash with your new properties? 
I did it. <laughs> I did it. Keeping it real, okay? I did it. Uh, yeah, they uh, all of them went back to the bank. Got bay. it. Got yeah. it. I mean, but that's everybody's story. Honestly, it's not just you. Millions of Americans who lived in those homes, forget investments, lived in those homes and couldn't keep them because it just wasn't possible. The world was crumbling. What a crazy time. So they say 90% of millionaires grow wealth through real estate, but so many people are too scared to get in the market. Like, why do you think that is? Because uh, it can be scary. It's a lot of moving pieces. Um, people don't know where to start, how to start. This is not something that our parents taught us, especially us, you right. know, as indigenous people. Like, we're not, we weren't taught credit because, you know, they didn't know. We weren't taught credit. We weren't taught finance. We weren't taught none of this stuff. You know, a lot of us don't even have properties left over to us, you know, like some, like our, our, our grandmother's houses. Everybody done sold grandma's house, so we don't even have anywhere to start from. Sold it, lost it to taxes, fought over it. Like, I see all kind of crazy stuff like that go down. Um, so, yeah, that's just, it's a lot of moving pieces, and we're just not taught the right way to get into business and, you know, capitalize. So do you think that people's fear keeps them back more than their desire to want to be successful. Like they're more scared of, of failing than they want to be successful. Yeah, of course. That's like with most things in general. Um, Cause it definitely takes a certain amount of courage, especially if you're just winging it by yourself. Cause me, I just, I just winged it, but I know me, I'm a risk taker. <laughs> so if you don't got a certain amount of balls, then right. you just kind of jump out there, which, um, you know, of course, it's better to take calculated risks than just jumping out there. Um, but yeah, definitely fear holds a lot of people back. And I think that that's true in a lot of different jobs and categories and entrepreneurship in general. Like people are just too scared to act. And it's only the 10 percenters that make those moves. And then we hire the 90 percent that refuse to do anything. Right. Exactly. And I'm cool with that because I need employees. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to be mad at them. So, okay, people only fit into one of two categories. They either have the capital get, to get started in real estate or they don't. But you say that both groups can get started. So for somebody that has capital, how would they jump into real estate first? And then for somebody that doesn't have capital, how would you say that they can get into real estate? So um, there's definitely different approaches. Like I know and different perspectives, um, and different scenarios, depending on your situation. Like, for example, um, okay, you, you're coming in in business with no capital at all. Like how I started, you know, I came in, I started wholesaling, basically where you find a property for one price and you become like the liaison between the seller and the buyer. And I turn around, sold it for a higher price to the end buyer. I made 25,000 my first deal. And I literally started with $60 to my name. I was dead ass broke. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired of clocking into work. I was broke by choice. So I'm like, something else got to give. You know, I'm clocking in this little nine to five from home, but still, right. still tired of it because I'm used to doing my own thing. So after the market crash, I had to regroup and, you know, um, find something else, find another way. So got in a business like that, made 25000 real quick wholesaling, um, which is definitely a great strategy to get in and start leveraging because, you know, you wholesale a few properties. Then from there, you come up with a plan of action to, you know, maybe if you want to fix and flip, maybe buy and hold, 
from that aspect. Um, the other portion, but you know, some people, they don't like the hustle. They don't have the consistency to wholesale because it is a hustle. It is a grind. It is, you know, you got to be consistent. You got to listen to no, you got to potentially be cold calling, writing yellow letters, putting out signs. It's a grind. Um, it's a rewarding grind, but it's like, are you willing to do it? Or do you have the consistency to do it? If you don't, and you do have some capital, or maybe you have some cash where you can, you can borrow from the bank or something like that. Um, you want to get in the game that way. You can go the more traditional route where, you know, you find a property that has equity where you're basically getting it under market value. But depending on what your what market you're in, you may be relying on a real estate agent to find you this property. And where in that case, it may not even have a lot of equity or it may need a whole lot of work. So that isn't always the best option to get in. So I always suggest people, if you do have money and you are serious about your financial freedom, take the more non-traditional route where you are doing some of the grunt work, where you are finding off-market deals as opposed to just relying on a real estate agent. Because I know quite, I know in Georgia, in Atlanta, in hot markets or hot cities where you, you know, you're going to get good appreciation and get those better deals. If you are relying on a real estate agent, you're going to get priced out because Everybody sees that deal. So that deal that started off at sixty thousand that you thought was a great deal now is getting bid up to a hundred thousand or eighty thousand, you know? So it's like eh, as opposed to a deal that's off market, nobody really has access to it or seen it before, you can be, you know, you can get a better a better deal that way. And if you put the work in. If you put the work in, right. So that's something that you really gotta consider. Um whether you start with capital or no capital, um, those factors are, are there. Because, of course, we want to get the best deal. That's the whole point of real estate is, you know, you want to make – it needs to be able to work for you. It needs to be able to make money for you. Mm-hmm. So in order to do so, you make your money when you buy. You want to get in. You want to buy at the best price. So it's either going to cash flow for you or you're going to buy with equity so you can later on maybe pull that equity out and buy more property. So I think your point is that people can get in either way, whether you're broke or whether you have you're sitting on money, you can get in the door either way and then make smart decisions to do better. Right. And, and grow that money. Exactly. Exactly. But of course, like I said, the best way where anything is doing the grunt work, you know, like putting in the grind because it's going to pay off in the end. So that's what I really tell people, like people think it's easy. They could think it just get in, buy a property, which sometimes you can. You can luck up and get a, a good deal. Um, but and not there, often. Yeah, but and there are cities, you know, where you can buy really cheap and you might go through more headache, you know, because these cities it's might worth. be Baltimore, they might be Detroit, they may not be close to home. But yeah, in the next few years, you know, you you might get some appreciation based on what's going on. But um, yeah, just different things to consider. That makes sense. Don't be afraid to get in the game, no matter what your financial situation is. If this is your dream, if this is something that you're passionate about, there are avenues to make it happen. Um, and luckily for you, Gia the House Goddess has um, all type of programs and coaching that she can put you on to to uh, grow that wealth. Everything will be linked in the show notes. I promise I will give you her information. She can teach you. Uh, my next question for you is what strategies to wealth through real estate do you think are underutilized like what are people not doing in real estate to make money that they should be doing 
I think more people should be coming up with a plan to buy and hold and get that residual income um, and leverage, leverage their credit, leverage the bank. So what are they doing too much of? Um, I think I think people fantasize too much about the fixing and flipping aspect of things. <laughs> like, because they watch HGTV and um, they don't realize that that's a TV show and they think that that's how it's going down in real life. Yeah, like it's, it's glamorized, it's heavily glamorized. That's everybody's like, hey, I want to fix and flip. I want to do that. It looks good, but sometimes it's more headache than it's worth. What would you say was the hardest lesson that you've learned in building your real estate business? Girl. Um, yeah, give me the dirt. I saw that face. Give me the scoop. We want to know. Say, I would say just biting off more than I, buying, t- buying too many houses at one time. I How did to, that kick you in the butt? Because trying to renovate them all at once. Like at one time, I remember I had like, I had bought like five properties at once and they were all big projects and literally two of them were four family buildings. So that's eight units right by itself, right. Core on top of three three other houses. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck was I thinking? Like (laughs) it's not enough hours in the day. Yo, I'm like, Lord, like I'm surprised I got hair still. Yeah. How could you do that? Have a family, have a life, like travel breathe, sleep, brush your teeth. It's just not enough hours. Don't work. Something going to fall short. And that's what the fuck happened. I was like, fuck this. I'm going to Africa for three months. Get me (laughs) out of here. Yeah, so I'm going here, like, because that's the thing. I manage a lot of my um, own properties. And it's hard to get good help. Yeah. I've learned that, too. Like, just these contractors, I've heard horror stories. I've been through horror stories. So at that point, I'm like, man, fuck, I'm just going to manage my own stuff forget a contract I have my own subs, but you know, that will take a toll too, because now you're wearing you that work hat. for yourself. Yeah. You're like an employee in your own company on top of owning it. Exactly. So I've definitely learned some hard lessons through the years, um, but it definitely make you better. Um, that's why it's definitely good to have a mentor so you can avoid all the bullshit. People, people like being cheap, like, Oh, I don't want to pay for her services. I don't want to, but when you have a mentor, it will shave years of freaking trial and error, headaches, and all of that. Because I've been through all the bullshit. You don't have to go through it. But what? You right. know what I'm saying? Get in the game. Learn quicker. Learn faster. Get to your end goal, your end results a whole lot quicker and faster as opposed to going through the trial and error that I've been through already. <laughs> I agree 100%. I talk about that on the show all the time. Like, time is time time is not money. Time is irreplaceable. You will never get that back. And the most important thing for an entrepreneur is that time and that if a mentor can fast forward your process of learning and failing and falling on your ass by months or years, that's imperative. Pay that person. If you vetted that person, they got receipts, they can show you that they have done it. Pay them, pay pay them, tip them and support that and make your money faster. Exactly. That's such a silly perspective. And I think that um, our people have that more than others. Like you want to spend money on 1942 left and right. Like you got the new Giuseppe's pay for that coach. We're not we're not allowing that. My listeners don't do that. But moving right along. Um, An economic downturn is swiftly approaching. As we know, like unemployment is at 40 million people. 
But like, what is unique about this time regarding real estate? Like with COVID-19 going on, is this a good time to hop in? Is it a bad time? Is any time a good time? Like, what are your thoughts on that regarding recession in real estate? Yeah, so real estate definitely can be recession proof right now. Um, houses are, you have your markets that are, I feel like are going to be strong regardless. There's always going to be growth. There's always going to be people buying houses. There's, you're always going to have the good and the bad. So Does Miami uh, fit into that? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I don't really, I'm, I don't know your market, but I know in Atlanta, like houses are selling, like no problem. Like a lot of houses are selling. My brother just put a house on the market, sold in three days, three days on the market, gone. I got one I'm about to put on the market. I'm putting out there. It's going to sell quick, really quickly as well. As long as it's priced right, it's a good job. It's selling. I mean, interest rates are really low right now for those first-time home buyers. Um, so that's good as far as the fix and flip market. Houses are selling. As long as it's priced right and, you know, you have a good, like I said, a good renovation. Um, and then on top of that, I feel like a lot of people are now willing to sell. So before those, like, they're scared of the unknown, they want to free up some capital. So those investors that maybe had some properties, those out-of-state investors that were sitting on investment properties that didn't want to sell before, now they're like, okay, I'm, I'm willing to let go. I'm willing to, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't know what's, what's going to happen coming up. This is crazy. So let me just liquidate. So now is the time where you can get some potentially good deals and you know, with the right strategies in place, like me, I love Section 8. So, you know, with a, a vehicle like Section 8, you're going to get guaranteed money. And shit, people always need houses. You see you see the stay-at-home orders. You got to be okay. So <laughs> I agree with that 100%. Okay, so that's the takeaway, guys. If Gia is saying that don't let COVID-19 stop you from jumping into real estate, she knows what she's talking about. That means don't let it stop you from jumping into real estate, especially now. I think people have the time to study, right, and figure out the strategies and get that mentorship and focus on learning the business. So why not jump in? Right. If you can afford it, like get into it. Exactly. So what do you wish you would have known before you jumped into your first property? What if you had a crystal ball? What would you have told yourself? The very first property. The very first one. <laughs> Sheesh. Um, I'm trying to think of that one thing. Um, <laughs> Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Damn, if somebody would have just told me. Man, it was so many factors with that particular property. Like that one was like one of those. Spanish-style homes that I'm like, I was all happy-go-lucky. My first property back in the game and first renovation, glamorizing this renovation thing. And I had this, it's this cute little Spanish-looking house with a flat roof, me estimating the roof to be 3000 like a regular roof. You know, no. Come to find out. Come to find out it's a $13,000 roof because it's a flat when those flat, they call it TPO commercial rules. So I'm like, okay, I didn't budget for this. Right. Um, great. But there's no way around it. It's the roof. What are you going to do? Exactly. And then on top of that, it just, that property was a whole mess. I hired a contractor who I should know better. Ain't know what he was doing. And I ended up having to reframe that house 
twice. Like he framed it up, framed it up all wrong. Ends up having to rip it all out and reframe it. Get out. And yeah, it was really ugly. But the only thing that saved me is I got the property for really, really cheap. I only paid like 25000 for it. So I had room to fuck up. Thank God. What? Girl. Because that's the thing I see. I see a lot of investors getting these properties and girl, they lose their shirts because it's a science to renovating. Like you can't just come in and think, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to no. Each market has their trends. Like it's not, you can't just slap some shit together and think it's going to sell. No problem. No. So I see a lot of investors like how it's just sitting crickets because bad contractors, contractors are running off with your money. If they run up with, off with 10, 20,000, that, that's it for some people. Right. That's a wrap. You can't just go, where you going to pull that money from? Nowhere. So, and they over renovate for the area that they're in or they under renovate. There's just a million issues. So many, the kitchen is looking crazy. Like it's just aesthetically just wrong, Mm -hmm. you know? So, but yeah, that one, um, it was just really the contract. It was really the house. It just was a big project. I ended up rebuilding that house, essentially. The only thing that was left was the four walls. I rebuilt the whole thing, damn it. And I did not budget or plan for that. So I wish my first one going in, I, I would not have done a project that big. And I would have more, I would have looked at it from a different perspective. Um, but yeah, luckily I bought it hella cheap. So I had a lot of room to mess up. And I needed every bit of it. Yeah. I still was able to come out. Um, On top. Yeah, thanks. I think that's a good takeaway. Like, we all get so excited. I know I do. I get excited on my podcast. I get excited for my clothing store. I get excited for projects. And I go gung-ho and mm-hmm. wish that I had taken more time and yeah. really thought about it, cooked on it, slept on it. Don't just cut the check because it sounds good research it just a little bit more it doesn't mean to be paralyzed and don't do anything but you can slow down often and not ruin your life ruin ruin your business before it even gets off the ground right so you decided to teach courses what was the reason behind that and what are you teaching and your webinars like what what was the main frame behind that one because I was getting so many people asking me, like, hey, can you mentor me? Can you do this? Can you do that? Um, how do I start? I don't know how to get started. So I was like, okay, um, I will put together a program. People are asking me, hey, do you have a course? And I'm like, no, but I guess I could figure that out. So like I said, there's so many there's so many ways to get into the business. I've done them all. I, like, I'm the one that I don't mind getting my hands dirty. So I've done the, I do the cold calling. I've written the letters. I've... You know, I have a just a plethora of knowledge when it comes to real estate, and there's so many different strategies when it comes to real estate, from um, short sales, pre foreclosures, tax liens, tax deeds, all kind of creative strategies. So the fact that I've done so much fixing and flipping, um, and I've actually worn the hat myself, and I've done so much um, in the business, I felt pretty confident that I could you know, articulate it to someone else and help them do the same thing. However, what I did find is most people do not, are not consistent. No, they're definitely not. And I guess maybe I would make it look easy because I, you know, I've had quite a few students come through the program, but a lot of them fall off. And one of my my friends that has a very successful course as well, he's like, look, most people are not going to do the work. No, they're not. 
they're going to get in your program and they're just not going to finish through. I'm like, wow, that really sucks because maybe it looks easy, but no, you have to be really consistent. Like you have to really wholeheartedly want it. You have to have a burning desire to really do this. And that's only thing. That's the only thing that has kept me going in this business because I know, like, I know what real estate could do. I know overnight you can make, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, depending on your grind, depending on your consistency, you know, you'll get that deal where you'll make a hundred thousand. You'll make. 200,000, you know, it's all about what you put your mind to and what you, how you, you know, plan and it's just really about your grind, for real. Well, I will say you do make it look easy. You make it look cute. (laughs) You had your Tims on at the construction site, like, yep, I told them to do this and I told this, you just pointing out things for people to do. You make it look good. You make it look real (laughs) sexy. But as an entrepreneur, I know better. I know that you have put in a decade's worth of work and blood and sweat and tears and money behind that. So I know better, but I think to the general public, that's exactly what they think. Like they just see the outcome. They see these beautiful homes that you buy and and the profit that you make. And they don't put two and two together that, oh, she put in years of effort and work and failure to get that. Mm, yeah, definitely. Which so you can that's come why across- they dropped out. Right, but you can't come across those. All it takes is one deal. Like, so you can't come across those deals where you just put in some real grind for maybe a week, maybe two weeks. Like me, my first deal, I was I was only in it for two weeks, and I made twenty five thousand. You know, but I was consistent. I, I had that hunger, I had that drive. Like, look, I gotta do this. My back was up against the wall, and I'm like, look, it's it's all or nothing. You know, so it is possible to to get in and and be really successful really quickly. Gotcha. So what's your stance on courses at this time? Do you think you're going to continue to offer courses? Do you think you're going to go with a one-on-one? Or what are you thinking about that? Yeah, so I have a few different programs, depending on what you want to get into. Like for the people that have money, um, I just released one of my secret strategies that I don't really tell anybody. Um, But it is a way that I've been able to get properties for really, really cheap, like $2,000 properties. Is this applicable everywhere or is this just a Georgia thing? Um, No, it's it's definitely applicable um, everywhere. So, yes, that's one of my strategies that I for people with money. They're like, hey, I want to have 10,000 over here. I got 20, whatever. You know, how could I get in the game and get the best deal? So I have that and I don't mind putting in the grunt work. So I have that program. Um, then I have my wholesaling course and then I have my, with the wholesaling is, you know, I told you about the whole process of wholesaling. You want to get in, you don't have a much capital to start off with, but you willing to put in the groundwork and, um, you know, look for deals and turn, learn how to resell them for a higher price. You got a lot, girl. You teaching people everything. Yeah. So many different aspects to real estate. Then the retire young through real estate program, which is more like a one-on-one, um, basically shows you how to buy property, um, to buy and hold because that's the whole science as well. You want to, if you want to basically retire young and get a certain amount of residual income and do it the right way and with the least amount of resistance, that's the process too, because you want to think about your entry strategy as well as your exit strategy. Your exit strategy is the most important um, when buying two holes. So write that down, folks. I'm making notes myself for my (laughs) own portfolio. Uh, I will be taking Gia's course. I know this, I say this every episode, but it's because I really only interview people that I want to learn from. This is why I share 
certain guests with you guys because they know things I don't know and I know that they know what they're talking about and I want to learn it. So send me the link. Um, I will be putting all of Gia's courses. In Miami, actually, I have a, I also have a flying for dollars course, which interestingly enough, I recently was like, let me fly for dollars in Miami. And girl, I found all this like waterfront property, but I haven't been like able to, which I'm like, you know, I'm a double down. I'm going to start contacting these people because I'm, that's my thing. I love the water and that's why I love Miami. But yeah, I found a lot of waterfront property on Miami and I'm like, I'm pretty sure quite a few of these people are ready to sell. They are. And you need to pull up and let's make this magic happen. <laughs> I fully support that. Yeah. Um, Another thing I'm really interested in about you is I know you spend a lot of time in Africa. You got a bunch of ventures going on over there. Narrow it down. Tell me where you go. What are you getting into? How can I be down? What's happening? So Africa, yes, has been very, very eye-opening and exciting. And my my thought process with Africa is like, okay, the Europeans went over there. They conquered over there for a reason. And we don't see that. And the reason is it's so resourceful. There's so many resources, um, so many commodities. And when we talk about commodities, we don't think about, everybody thinks about diamonds. You right, know? and oil. Yeah, diamonds, oil, but there's more to that. There's agriculture, there's soybeans, there's rice, there's cocoa, there's so many different commodities. It's, and we don't, we're not introduced into those industries. We really don't know much about those industries, but these are actual commodities, just like gold, just like diamond, just like oil, they trade, you know, and these, it's a big, big business. People got to eat. So not only that, I had got into some trucking over there because for these commodities, there's logistics involved. Um, on top of that, there's a lot of, my thing is gold, mm -hmm. you know, um, that's the original currency. So right now I'm, I'm looking into some, some aspects of just getting more into that. And then, you know, hopefully I'll be able to help other people kind of, I guess, back back up their funds with gold. I mean, I like that. What country do you spend the most time in when you go there? It's probably going to be Zambia and Tanzania. I bought property in Tanzania. Yeah, I have some people that are pretty connected in Tanzania as far as the government. So I love it. And then, yeah, like my vision is to be build my beach houses in Tanzania, invite my friends, invite my followers, you know, meet, network, all of that. Like that's my vision. Beach house, Tanzania, a few beach houses. And there's a lot of safaris in Tanzania. Just a lot. It's, it's such a beautiful country. A lot of opportunity. That's fantastic. And I mean, it, it puts money in your pocket. It puts money in the pocket of the community there locally. Yes. They get to work with people that look like them instead of people that are coming from overseas that do not look like them and right. have no intent. They just want to strip the land and not give anything back. Right. And that's another thing. Like, So one of the initiatives that I definitely will be doing is doing a school and or a clinic, but definitely gearing towards a school. Um, definitely doing a school because as a way to get back to the village, since I did buy in a particular village, that's one of the agreements that I did have to make with them that within the next. Oh, really? That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so they're like, what are you going to do for, for the village? So my thing is a school. Um, and knowing you, you would have done that anyway. Yeah, definitely. Like just going there, just seeing the kids and the babies, like it's, 
to see what they go through, the hard labor is crazy. And to want to be able to give them something, give them a baseball field, give them a basketball field, like give them something to do. Like these are young, fertile minds, you know, why not empower them? You know, which I know we have it. We have that issue just here in our black communities in America. A hundred percent. I just had the opportunity to just be in the motherland, which I feel like is a lot more opportunity. So I figured start there. Maybe I could bridge the gap, you know, between Africa and America and the children there and here. So we'll see. It's a lot of definitely a lot of plans for the near future in Africa. That's exciting. I look forward to that. I will be coming along on those trips because Zanzibar is at the top of my to-do list. Yes, yes. And my land is right across from Zanzibar, like literally boat ride. Blue. Can't yeah. wait. <laughs> I know you are Miss World Traveler over there. Yes, I cannot wait. I'm down. I've only done Angola so far, but I'm trying to hit every single one of them. Like, I'm down, especially with the political climate going on here. Honey, get me as far away from tomfoolery as I can possibly be. Um, So I need to give the people a get rich tip from Gia the House Goddess. Like, how can they make more money in their lives, whether they're in real estate or they teach or they bartend like me, whatever they do, how can we get rich Gia the House Goddess style? Okay, so I'm going to say I'm going to start with the minds because I feel like mentally that is that's the key. You know, once we get over the mental part, then things will start falling in place. Like we often tend to forget before this physical stuff, like it's the mental that's involved, you know. So I would definitely say and a lot of us, we don't clearly identify what we want. Like we go through life not really knowing what we want not really, you know, just getting that down to a science. No one we want out of a relationship, out of life. Like, what do you really want? First, identify that. Write it down. Repeat it. Say it to yourself. Look in the mirror. You know, know what your picture perfect life looks like and what that want, what the, yeah, what that looks like. And once you know what that looks like, continuously keep that in your mind and know what it's going to take to get there. First and foremost, know what you want. Put it down on paper. See it every day. Say it to yourself every day. Affirm it. And put those plans together. Start plans. Yeah, plans in place to, to get that. Right. I uh, agree 100%. A wealth mindset is everything. Like, that's the difference between us and them. Like, they don't see those obstacles. They don't see those glass ceilings. They don't see that um, 100K a year is the end all and be all. If you change your mindset that you can be that millionaire or that billionaire or that mogul or whoever you want to be financially, if you believe it, it can literally come true. You have to manifest it. Right. But you got to first and foremost know what that looks like. Know even what you want. Like some of us, so many of us, we don't even have a clue what we want. We don't have a clue as to... You know, just and I understand like we have obstacles, we have things in front of us, things come up, but you really got to just get specific. Yeah. And stay on the bigger picture, no matter if some bullshit happens and it's like, oh, you feeling low, you feeling down. Just try to keep your energy up and stay focused. Keep your eye on the prize because shit, shit happens all the time. But, you know, what's beautiful about life is everything is subject to change. So nothing is permanent. 
I love okay, deep, sis. Let me write that down. I like that. Put that on the t-shirt. Everything yeah. is subject to change. Facts. Um, <laughs> and I always like to give the people a book recommendation. Knowledge is power. Like the more reading we do, the better we are, the more dangerous we are in the best possible way. Do you have a book recommendation for the people? Yes. Um, what is it called? Successful Habits of Millionaires. I already like the title. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say that one. I haven't read it yet, but that's my, that's next on my that's book. That's what's on your list. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. I know a few successful habits of millionaires. Um, they do certain things like have habits, have goals written down. They exercise. They use their resources. They read more than they watch TV. They don't spend all their time on social media. They reach out to people. They have mentors, all of that. So you should find all that in that book. Um, I want my listeners to check it out. I will link the book in the show notes for you guys. It was such a pleasure to have you, Gia. Is there anything else that you want to drop on the people before I let you go? Not that we covered it all. Thanks for having me, <laughs> except for my drink, my drink of choice. All right. Did we forget the Get Drunk Cocktail <laughs> Week? Girl, it has been a long day. You guys don't hear the episodes um, in sequence, but just today, what's today's date? The 29th, uh, we just finished finding out about George Floyd's murderer being charged with third degree manslaughter. So I have been um, glued to the TV and distracted. So forgive me. Third degree manslaughter, that's it. Wow. Third degree murder, yeah, which is basically manslaughter. Only Minnesota and only two other states have the third degree murder like option and it carries a penalty of up to 25 years so even if he was convicted he'll probably do what 10 12 it's just unacceptable so i have had my brain is really foggy right now right crazy perfect time for a cocktail perfect segue into a cocktail yeah so i'm gonna do like a more healthier mix because in my bartending days i would have said like okay you were a bartender too friend. hey <laughs> oh, hey so in my bartender days, I would have said the Hennessy muddle with some strawberries and some simple syrup and some lemon, like my Hennessy strawberry lemonade. That is so New York. Yes. <laughs> but I would probably do a more healthier version now because I definitely wouldn't do all that sugar and the Henny and all of that. I would do more of an alkaline drink, which would probably be like some sugar cane alcohol, one, and then with my strawberries and... Instead of some simple syrup, which is just sugar melted, I would probably do um, some maple syrup. And that could work. <laughs> I might have to have you make me one of those so I can try that out. Right. And some squeeze, some squeeze um, lemons. And yeah, like a healthier alcohol, version. Healthier version. Yeah. Because so. we need cocktails no matter what. Listen, I've been plant based for six months. Oh, yeah. Um, praise God. Uh, that has not changed my liquor intake, though. So let's just keep that <laughs> funky. I'm going to just be real with y'all. I'm still, Actually, I'm drinking more with this <laughs> pandemic going on with this police brutality. Like, I, ugh, I am exhausted. Hopefully I will feel better by the time this episode airs. But again, thank you, Gia. You are fantastic. You. you guys are going to love her content, follow her, take her course and learn from Gia the House Goddess. Thanks, Paul. Of course. 
All right, that's it for me this week, guys. It was a pleasure to be with you as always. Make sure that you continue to subscribe to the show. Leave me a review. Let me know what's on your mind. Follow me on Instagram and email me at Asia at GetRichOrGetDrunkTrying.com. I will check with you next week. Be good.